welcome to the CE Pro Podcast. I'm Executive Editor Arlen Schweiger. So how's your 2020 going so far? Sure, it'd be easy to make a bad joke about this year, but the reality is for many integrators out there, the answer might surprise you. This week, editor Jason Knott checks in with HTSA's Tom Doherty, Sound United's Frank Stearns, and Origin Acoustics' Jeremy Burkhart to see how the industry is really handling this challenging year. Hi, Jason Knott with CE Pro, and I am thrilled today to welcome three icons of the industry for the CE Pro podcast. With me today are Tom Doherty, the first president of Cedia and current special projects coordinator at HCSA. Hi, Tom. Hi, good to be here. Also with me, Frank Stern, senior vice president of commercial operations at Sound United. Hi, Frank. Hey, Jason. And last but not least, Jeremy Burkhart, founder of Origin Acoustics. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, what's up, Jason? Thanks for joining me today, guys. So combined, all three of you have 100 plus years of experience. I didn't do the actual math, but I know it's probably <laughs> way up there. But it's probably safe to say that you've never experienced something like we've all seen happen in the last 90 days to the industry with uh, this coronavirus pandemic. Some segments seem to be weathering it fine. Um, others um, are spotty. Um, we went out to our audience and asked them to, to ask questions of this power trio. We got a handful of questions in that we're going to pose today to this, uh, this group. And I think it's going to be a great discussion that everybody's interested in hearing their wisdom and their knowledge and, and hopefully a little bit of guidance for everybody in the industry. So let's, let's jump right into it. Uh, Tom, let me start with you. What are you hearing from your dealer base at HTSA? So we, um, you know, this, I think, started middle of March and we're in this 90 days. I don't know if my math is correct or not. You know, early on, uh, there was just a lot of unknown. Um, what we were hearing immediately was they were not getting cancellations from their clients. So we felt great about that. They might have been some postponements. Uh, we have been uh, surveying our group uh, every 30 days and reporting to our vendors. Uh, and uh, early on, since there was complete uh, unknown, people were pretty pessimistic. Now, it was regionally based. Uh, in, the, in the east and in the northwest where those areas were shut down, people were predicting, you know, to be down 50, 60, 70 percent. Uh, other parts of the country like Florida and the south, they, they, weren't, they weren't worried about it. Uh, as time has gone on, people have continued to um, improve their outlook. And in fact, some, some people now are predicting that they're going to be flat uh, or up. Um, but overall, a little bit down as, as an average across the U.S. And really what's come to roost is as our clients or their clients have been using their systems more than ever, they're realizing that, uh, boy, I, I, I need a better network. Uh, I wish I had better audio. Uh, we need a bigger TV. Hey, the weather's going to be great in New York here now and in other parts of the country. We need great outdoor audio. We need great outdoor television. So the optimism is pretty strong overall from the group. I can say that. Frank, same question. What are you hearing out there? So as you know, Sound United has a number of different brands, six different brands, and we sell across all of the different channels. And what we've found is a very mixed bag. Like Tom says, uh, originally, 
everyone really freaked out and thought that, that this was gonna be just awful down 50 or 60%. In fact, we did a number of worst case budget scenarios predicting 60% declines for a couple of months and, and that didn't happen. In fact, we're substantially above that. But what we see is a mixed bag by channel and by region. So much of the CI dealers, if you're not in New York or California, have actually seen uh, pretty strong business. And, and like Tom says, they were declared essential services. And that meant a lot of network and home office work. And while they were in a house to do that, there was uh, additional work, upgrade TVs, uh, upgrade sound, outdoor sound. And, and what we saw is that on the whole over the past 90 days, the CI channel that we look at has been down around 15% with some markets being up and some markets being off more. Other channels, predominantly uh, brick and mortar, um, were shut down for an extended period of time and, and that caused a much deeper disruption at more traditional retail. In terms of online business, we saw a great deal of growth, in fact, a doubling, uh, holiday level sales or better. And we are seeing things continue to evolve as more and more states reopen, more and more people get back to work. Uh, my prediction is that in the short term, in the next couple of months, we're likely to see a growth, positive growth over previous years. And after that, I think things uh, might take a little bit of a dip. Um, what I see is some pent up demand. Customers maybe didn't want anybody in their houses. Uh, they've been home for a few months. They're starting to think, boy, it would be nice if I had a better TV, better sound, something in the backyard. Um, and that'll happen. But as we get further into the fall, I think we might have a little bit of a dip when some of the stimulus money runs out and or we get some layoffs from companies that took government money uh, and when that expires. So we're predicting a bit of a recession towards the fall. Uh, maybe five to 10% through the winter. And then if we don't get another big resurgence, we think next year will be very strong. So uh, just to follow up on that, are you saying or seeing that the, the pent up demand is upgrade projects or are you seeing, and the dip is gonna be a lack of new projects or where does that breakout come? Yeah, the pent up demand is upgrade projects or, or projects that have been in the works for some time to finish up. And we see and hear a little bit of a slowdown in the commencement of new products or new projects, especially projects that would have started around the time that the, the pandemic uh, started and that customers were concerned, maybe didn't wanna make a commitment or didn't want anyone in their house. So we think there's, there could be some, some pipeline slowdown later this, this summer and fall. So Jeremy, turning to you, your dealer base, it sounds like, are still cranking. Well, you know, we're, we're fortunate that we have a, a majority of the CE Pro top dealers. And uh, we also have a small dealer base. We have about 400 people that make up the, uh, the great majority of our business. And they're highly specialized. They're, they're, they're guys like, you know, Tom, when he ran his, uh, his business. And uh, we've, we've got good guys that are, they're really not slower. They're, I, I haven't seen a dip. Okay, we had the initial downturn, which was the first 60 days, but this month will be our biggest month ever. So I, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, maybe it's because 
were essential and a lot of our guys were out there. I didn't, I didn't have to suffer through what, what Frank was describing with, with retail. One of my business partners is in the retail business big time and I, his life really sucks right now. It's, it's, it's hard to get back from that. But I look at the, uh, the installers and I look at, you know, new construction all being essential. I mean, out here in Vegas, they never stopped framing homes. They never stopped putting up drywall. All the dealers didn't stop putting in speakers. So I think we're going to see a, a, a slowdown at some point. That's the pause from the sales activity that didn't happen the last couple of months of people being out and model homes and, and whatnot. But I, I'm along the lines with Frank. I, I see 10 to 15% down uh, from last year, but I see a, a, a fast recovery. And unless Convoid goes crazy and we, we you know, go into the, the worst pandemic that we've ever had, and there's always that, that chance. So my advice to dealers is buckle down, cut your expenses, stay lean, look at your business in terms of who got you here. Who are your biggest clients? How can you replicate that process and serve them? And you know, maybe you don't make a lot of profit, but you come out on the other side healthy. I, I saw a lot of people go out of business in 07, 08, and it was bad business practices. Don't chase, be lean from day one. I mean, for real, right now is the time to really buckle down. So Tom, let me turn back to you. Uh, we talked a little bit about new projects versus upgrades. What are some good ways for integrators to be approaching their clients right now to talk about upgrade possibilities? So, you know, in, in the early part of this effort, um, everyone was reaching out to customers, you know, and just saying, how are you? How's your family? And that sort of thing. And a lot of that in the beginning, you know, resulted in people were noticing that there wasn't any selling going on, but then the conversation would go on. And, uh, you know, that would, that would result in uh, some sincere um, follow-up. I think that um, this can continue because the conversation is still relevant. Uh, the biggest thing to be doing is to really look at your customer base, just like what Jeremy said, who got you there? Um, a lot of our members, uh, a lot of dealers across the country are always looking forward and don't take time to look back. They should be going back through their customer lists. They should be calling people. They know that these customers are using their systems more than ever. And they can kind of hear, how's it working? Is everything working great? And most likely they're going to hear some people going, yeah, you know, uh, my internet isn't as fast as I think it should be. The kids are home. They're having to, you know, uh, do classes online. The husband or the wife is working from home. And, and, and this is going to open up, quest, open up opportunities where you can go, yes, we're hearing that from a lot of our other customers. A lot of our customers are upgrading. A lot of our customers are really, you know, frustrated that they can't see their friends or aren't going out as much. But um, also our customers aren't spending money on vacations and dinners and they don't have the big bar bills that they used to have. So Dude, now it's time to buy the big outdoor audio system and the big outdoor television because Tom, Tom, has your, has your American, has your American express ever been less? I mean, dude, the last three months I've had no charges. There's no gas. There's no dinners. There's no flights. Exactly. <laughs> and and even when you do take out, you're not buying a drink and you're not tipping. It's like, it's 25% exactly. less than if you actually were in the restaurant. So you're right. So, so. I, I, I've made it a point to, pick projects around the house, just being, you know, a contractor based business owner to have stuff done. I've had lights replaced. I had an air conditioner taken out. I'm building garden walls. I'm putting new siding on. I'm doing rock around the house. 
And it makes me feel really good that when I get up in the morning, I go out there, I see these guys that are working hard. And I think, you know what? They deserve it. And, you know, business never really slowed down in Vegas. So we're, we're fortunate out here. You know, it's interesting. I, I'm seeing this, the same thing. So much time spent at home just presents opportunities of things that are good but could be better or things I'd like to do. Um, so I'm spending a lot of time doing home improvement or, um, or, or more cooking, more watching TV, more listening to music. Uh, and virtually everyone I talk to is, is saying the same thing. You know, so if we're going to be home, let's make the most of it. Absolutely, Frank. And like, dude, you and I have been cohorts for the last 25, 30 years in this industry. And I've never been more balanced. I mean, and I see it in our salespeople. I see the results in what they're doing as opposed to chaotic, frenetic, just move all over and go visit this dealer and do this and that. There's a lot more focus in, okay, I'm going to call this person and have a, have a phone call with them and create an agenda and go through. I mean, it's awesome. I, I'm really proud of the way our team's evolved. So, Jeremy, you've always been the master at kind of that work-life balance. Uh, how, and obviously, it sounds like your dealer base and, and things at Origin are, are very positive. What do you say to integrators who maybe, you know, things have been spotty? How, what's, what's a message to help them stay positive? Well, it comes down to your mindset, right? And I was born with a mindset and taught that I have to grow, evolve, and succeed every day. And that the current me is obsolete. If not better tomorrow, then I didn't do my job. And I've looked at business that way as well. That's a very harsh inner voice to have. I think that uh, becoming more grateful and realizing the success that we've had as integrators I mean, I look at Tom. Tom, who would have thought you could have a 40-year career doing audio? <laughs> I mean, Frank, same thing. You know, we, we are truly, I, I'll use the word blessed. We've had great careers. And it's because we provide an exceptional service. And as a dealer, if you're looking at yourself and, and, and being a little critical, step back and ask yourself, what's the level of your relationships? Because that's really what, what creates this business. You know, you don't have to have as many clients as some of our dealers where they're doing, you know, hundreds of track homes a month, you can have a few clients and still be tremendously successful if you design your business plan properly. So set your goals, know what your goals are, share them with people, believe in them and hit them. And that's what makes me happy. I mean, I, I don't know what makes most people happy, but that's, that's what works for me. I, I know for me, Jason, you know, I just made a major job transition, big new job. I find the bathroom, kind of get settled down a little bit and then we have a pandemic and everything goes out the window so everything that i kind of planned for and i said i'm going to do this and 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 achieve it all changed within the period of six weeks when i started and and i kind of said well i can freak out and panic or i can take advantage of this opportunity and be home much like jeremy said put a positive mindset on and and go take advantage of the situation so I, I changed my lifestyle. I started getting up at five in the morning. I have an hour of quiet time, an hour and a half workout before I touch my computer. I'm way more productive um, being at home. I don't get interrupted. We haven't missed a beat with Zoom video calls and, and everything else. We're getting a ton more work done. And then I've been eating better. I'm not drinking, you know, two drinks a night. It's two drinks a week. Um, 
I cook all my own food so I can control what's in it. So I've dropped 20 or 30 pounds. And I feel great. Frank, will you marry me? <laughs> yes, Jeremy. Oh, I think all three of your beards just fell in love with each other. Um, so let's talk about some, some direct business tips for, for the audience. So Frank, let me stick with you. What are, what are three tips or a handful of tips that you might have for a custom integration company right now to, to thrive and survive? Uh, some of them have already been mentioned by, by Tom and Jeremy. So number one, manage your cash. So uh, Jeremy said it really well, get through the crisis. Maybe you don't make a killing, but you got to survive. So look at what you do and look at where you spend money and look at, at where you, you must spend money and where it's okay to, to not spend money. So manage your cash. If you have access to government loans or a line of credit, draw on it now so it's available to you should you need it and you don't have to go find it when you get in a crisis or if you get in a crisis. Um, look at your employees. If you have any employees that you're not high on and you're thinking maybe they're not the right people, take advantage of this time to weed out your weak performers and save some money. When you come out on the other side, you can rebuild and rehire, but no sense carrying someone through that you have to pay for and subsidize if you're not really committed to them and you think it might be time. So take advantage of this opportunity uh, to top grade your staff. Um, number two, reach out to your existing clients like Tom said. Ask them how they're doing, maintain the relationship, ask them how um, living and working at home is, ask about networks, upgrading audio experiences, upgrading video experiences, maybe uh, projects, um, backyard sound, Etc., and you'll generate a lot of new business there. And the third thing I would say is don't stop marketing and don't stop branding yourself. I think the worst thing you can do is put your head in the sand and not tell customers that are interested that you're out there and available for business. So those would be my top three. Yeah, Tom, uh, Frank just kind of touched on the employee issue. Is now a good time for an integrator to be looking at acquiring top talent from other companies or even possibly acquiring a competitor? Um, you know, we're getting feedback from a number of our members that they are receiving great resumes now because there's great talent out there. And some of those people that are great might be working for a company that is maybe now under the stress, they're wondering, you know, how solid it is. So. Clearly, you should always have your eyes on talent. At the same time, I think the one area where uh, our industry has always been pretty weak is um, it, from day one of the, of the creation of CDA, the number one thing was, uh, in terms of a challenge to businesses, is finding people. And, and yet, uh, our industry has not done a great job in finding new young people. And what I'm saying about that is, can you imagine graduating from college this year and what the job market is like? Businesses should be in touch with their local colleges and universities. They should Absolutely. be- Absolutely, Tom, hold, Tom hold let me lie with you. Let me, let me, yeah, so, so, you, so they should know who the head of the department of the computer science department is. Who is the head of the business school? 
and they should be pitching what, they're in, what our industry is about, and they should let them know that their students have an opportunity in one of the most exciting industries on the planet. People that know about networks should be working in our industry. People that know about social media marketing and, and these sort of things should know about our industry. And we should to these people and having an internship. There's all kinds of kids right now that don't have a job that could be hired at least for someone to your database and customer list and have them, you know, help you do the work that you're not doing right now to get your fingers on it. And then bring some youth and exuberance into your company and have some new young ideas. You want out of the box thinking, bring in some young people. That's what I think they should be doing. Don't worry about trying to acquire another company. Don't worry about trying to steal your competitors and employee. Why don't you find people that are smart that know some things that can contribute to your business. That's my thing. Go ahead, Jeremy. Well, I think the I think the, uh, well, I, I think the uh, point you made is really valid. Point you but made is really based valid. on. But it's it's based I got, on I got feedback. I'm yeah, getting feedback. Is that? Feedback. Is that? It's coming out of I think your speaker time. There we go. He muted. Okay. Uh, when when you step back and you look at Ask me the question again. <laughs> uh, the question was, should you be, is this the time to be looking at, at bringing in new talent to your team? Frank mentioned a term called top grading earlier. And uh, that was written by uh, smart father and son, Jeffrey and his, and, his, and his son. That taught me, that book taught me to always have a virtual bench. So if tomorrow Frank needed a job, I'd hire him. He's, he's on the bench that I've always wanted to work with, right? But that's, that's not really the case if it, if it was, you know, certain people. So in your brain, you have your virtual bench. And as a company, I guess if you're, if you're not constrained by sales and marketing and, and installation, you would go out and spend. I don't know if right now that's what I would do. I think I would hunker down and uh, just, just block and tackle until we get out of this pandemic. Because, you know, there were fortunes lost in my family during the Great Depression. And you just don't know what's gonna happen. And I'm not doom and gloom. I think that we're gonna have a nice recovery, but you gotta be careful. Jeremy, let me stay with you on that kind of that same theme. You know, there's so many different subcategories that are hitting the custom integrator right now from the security side to wellness to lighting fixtures. Is now the time to be focused and as you said on what, what got you to the table or is now the time to be looking at some of those diverse categories? I've always believed that you have to pick a niche and kick ass and rule that niche. And, you know, we're really fortunate. 80% of our business is in ceiling speakers. That, that's, that's a very simple business. You make a speaker, it goes in the ceiling. The dealer makes 65, 70 points on it. It's repeatable. You go back to, you know, when Ivan invented the switcher or the volume control at Niles, and you know what we did with making custom installation and you look at it now with the, the amazing digital systems that are out there and streaming from you know denon to, to, to others it's it's pretty pretty amazing what you can do in your house with a pair of speakers so i i, I say stick with what's what's got you here stay lean but you can't ignore opportunity i mean you, you got to keep your eyes open to it but then it becomes an analysis 
you know, and you just have to use the scientific method to find the right way. Frank, what do you think about that? Well, I pretty much agree. You, you need a, a value proposition that's consistent and you need to stick with it and you need to be very good at it, but it does need to evolve over time. What I wouldn't do is chase every rabbit and every opportunity. I would pick maybe one that's the, the closest um, to what you do and learn about it and decide if it's the right thing to implement as you uh, grow and evolve. I wouldn't go chase every opportunity all at once for certain, especially in this, this period of time. Um, I would be very select. So kind of on that same, same front, we have this growing mix of commercial, corporate, whether it be light commercial and restaurants, hotels, hospitality, houses of worship, <clears throat> as well as corporate boardroom uh, business. Uh, really becoming a higher and higher percentage of the market for integrators. Tom, is now the time for an integrator to be pushing his commercial business or you see that growing or do you see a lull happening in commercial real estate and commercial in general going forth and residential is really where the focus should be? I see a lull and the feedback from one of our lighting fixture manufacturers um, you know, commented to me that, you know, we're all in on the residential, you know, we're seeing our commercial projects uh, slow down, canceled, uh, delayed. Um, I think the commercial market's going to take a hit. Uh, now, at the same time, I think you can pivot. And the facts are that, um, you, you know, the, these Fortune 50, Fortune 100 experiences in these huddle rooms and so on and so forth are migrating into the house. So being smart about how to apply commercial applications in the home, making the home office higher performance, making Zoom calls better, uh, and being able to demonstrate that. Having, upping your game in your own conference room and your own integration business is something you should really be focusing on because I also see a lot of sales presentations and engagement with clients and being able to control the sale, you know, uh, not just sending the, 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 uh, sending the proposal over via email or even meeting them in their office. You get the proposal out, they want to go right to the bottom line. I mean, by, by being able to control sharing the screen and doling out the information and walking them through. Um, so, I mean, uh, to answer your question, I, I, I'm not bullish on commercial, but I'm bullish on kind of this hybrid that's going to happen uh, with our customers in their homes. Frank, let me ask you kind of another little uh, twist on the business has been uh, recurring revenue. You know, I talked to an integrator just yesterday who told me he, if he hadn't had his recurring revenue stream set up for his company, and this is a one-man shop, uh, but he thought that that's really what has gotten him through this, this situation. Where do you think integrators, should they be looking more at service revenue and recurring revenue, whether it be security or just security or service contracts in general, or is that kind of a pipe dream and they should really focus again on what got them to the table? No, I think recurring revenue is really important. I think any business that has recurring revenue is more valuable than a business that doesn't. And especially in a custom integration business where the owner uh, tends to be the business unless there's recurring revenue. The owner really should attempt to, to develop recurring revenue opportunities because it raises the value of the business, number one, should there ever be a sale or an owner wants to retire. 
Number, number two, it provides insurance against downturns like we have here because it provides for incoming cash flow, which is huge. So those two things together are, are just more reasons than anybody needs to, to go look for recurring revenue if you're not already doing it. I think it's a no brainer. Yeah, Jeremy, are you hearing from your dealers that they're pursuing recurring revenue opportunities? Well, I, I can tell you from uh, my own personal experience with a, uh, a CE Pro Top 100 dealer here in Vegas, uh, uh, Eagle Century, they, they call on my house. They did my installation and uh, they charge me $144 a month. And I'm getting a deal because they monitor my entire network. If I have a problem, they send me a text to have somebody out within 24 hours. And it's pretty cool. Like I've, this month I've, I've gone through an Apple TV. I've had to update the software on my, my Sony panel. I added a wireless access point outside. And all of this to me as a consumer was a deal. But you know what, for the next nine months, I might not need anything. And that's the value to me. I can call them and they deliver it. It's, it's, it's cool. So if I were a dealer, I would sell absolutely like what Joey pitches with uh, reoccurring uh, contracts and service, you have to do that. You do. Yeah, it still blows my mind that Best Buy sold 2 million subscribers to its uh, total uh, tech support program for $17.99 a month. So do the math so on, add, on add, that. Add, up, add that up, times that number, and then look at the multiple they got on Wall Street. That's why their stock exploded. <laughs> yeah, and, and all that is is, a, is the, a, the ability to call somebody at Best Buy. It's not even actually to service the, the piece. It's just the ability to yeah. call them. So, all right, um, let's, let's talk about uh, some, some final messages on how to uh, make sure that you boost the bottom line. Let me, uh, let me start with you, Tom, on that one. What are some, what is some advice for an integrator on right now, what he should do to boost the bottom line? And I'll go around the, around the table here. You know, I think it's really looking at these quick turnaround projects that you can do. Uh, you know, we've been used to in a strong economy, chasing these whales and doing these big jobs. But now that we're in the summer months and such, you know, doing outdoor audio system installation is quick easy, gives the client a lot of satisfaction, results in a lot of positive word of mouth, and it's highly profitable. So any, any jobs that you can do that you can quote fast and deliver quickly is what you want to focus on. Jeremy, what's your advice for boosting the bottom line? Well, as a, a custom integrator, and what, what's the size of the, uh, the typical custom integrator, Jason? How many employees? Seven. Okay, seven employees. So you're a person that has seven people that work for you. Probably three of them work outside and are doing installation. You're managing it and overseeing it. You're probably the salesperson. You might have an assistant and somebody inside that does accounting. That's a pretty lean business. So when I look at large corporations, you start looking at headcount, how much headcount you can cut. But I don't think it's necessarily cutting headcount. I think it's getting super aggressive to, to, to change the bottom line in this, in this economy, I can see so many ways that people have sold me things. I, I forgot to mention the, uh, the gate guy as well as the, uh, the pool guy, you know, but all these people they've, I, I have been attracted to it because it's like, this is really cool to see. And it's almost been an experiment in my mind to see the type of service I could get. But if you want service out there, and I think that we do serve the 1%, 
at least at Origin Acoustics, we do. And people want better service. And, you know, as an installer, as an integrator, the best thing you can do is sell your relationship and don't lower your prices. You don't need to. Okay. You're needed and you're wanted. So it's not about making a deal. And it's not about trying to find new customers right now. I really don't believe that's what it is. I believe it's about using the network you have, the people that you've already done business with, your clients, their friends are your clients. Work the relationship. If you own the relationship and you're truly a value, you're going to win. Frank, what do you think? Oh, you're muted. Sorry. There you go. Some of them we've already mentioned, uh, look for recurring revenue opportunities. That's a big one. And then the, the second one, uh, similar to what Tom said, is take advantage of the current situation. Your clients are likely uh, sitting at home. They've been at home for months now. Many of them are getting used to being at home and they need certain things at home or they want certain things at home that you can provide. So we talked about uh, commercial versus residential. And I think it's a no brainer to focus on networks and bandwidth and home offices. I, I don't think many of us are gonna go back to work. I think a lot of people are gonna keep working from home because I agree. we've all learned how to do it and the tools exist to do it now. And that means there's a huge market uh, of people that already know they want something that, that integrators can provide, which is an enhanced network home office it's, it blends commercial and residential, and it'll be huge. And I think it's very easy to sell to existing client base. It doesn't even require a great deal of advertising. And then related to that is people, again, being home, uh, work from home all day long, need to shut it off and go do something relaxing. And whether that's uh, binging on Netflix or watching a movie or listening to music, they all appreciate much more the benefits of the things that we provide as an industry, which is an enhanced uh, lifestyle, audio, video, network environment. And they're ripe for upgrade sales. And those upgrade sales are pretty easy. They don't cost a lot of money to develop the clientele because they already exist. And adding backyard uh, and everything else is just just plus business opportunity. And, and if an integrator is smart, like Jeremy said at the beginning of this podcast, uh, we could be booming as an industry and a lot of, a lot of integrators could come out much better than, than we went into COVID. Let me ask you something to follow up on. You mentioned earlier how your online sales at uh, Sound United had grown. Obviously you guys play in, in that retail channel and the online channel. Is that something that integrators should be exploring is expanding their online element right now? You mentioned that they shouldn't be marketing. I can tell you, CE Pro, our, tra our web traffic has doubled since the pandemic um, in terms of the number of people that are coming to the website. So I think people in general are going to, to websites more. Is, or is that just out of bounds for this channel? Um, I'm not thinking that's an area where most integrators should focus in this channel. The part of the integrators should take notice is that consumers are desiring um, new things, upgraded things, enhanced things, and they want to make being at home more pleasurable. And that means opportunity for an integrator, uh, in fact, a bigger opportunity uh, than an online player. Because the consumers at home, they're bored, they're thinking, well, maybe I should shop. And the only place they know to get things is to have Amazon deliver them. But 
if the integrator reaches out and rekindles a relationship, the integrator is likely to, to sell two, three, four, five times more than a, a consumer would buy just by virtue of online shopping. So I just think it speaks to the opportunity as opposed, uh, the opportunity that consumers want to buy more as opposed to the opportunity to just have an online store. Um, all right, any parting, any parting uh, message that anybody would like to, uh, to say to our audience about where they think uh, the next few months are heading, what integrators should be doing, uh, how they stay positive, all the, su the subjects we've talked about. Tom, any final, any final message to the audience? Well, just look at this platform that we're currently using right here today on this call. And I think that there are all kinds of innovative things to be doing with our client base on Zoom calls. For instance, I, I wanted to st uh, st stay on with, you know, what are things to do on the bottom line? You know, people are using these Zoom calls, not just for home office work, but they're using it to connect with their families. And, you know, now many of them are, you know, huddled around a laptop. Well, for the people that are watching this that are Crestron dealers, that product that Crestron put together with Zoom and Logitech, Crestron Home, Home Time, uh, is an unbelievable opportunity to, uh, for the family to get together. I mean, you know, we're talking to my father and, uh, and other family members. We're having virtual happy hours and it's a lot more enhanced with a 4K camera that has wide zoom and so on and so forth. So I think that, um, uh, you know, look, that, that's a quick sale, a quick installation. And once you're re-engaged with the client, everybody is listening to music more than they ever have. And people are wanting to upgrade their audio system, the receivers, their speaker systems. I think that there is, I think that this platform and these new technologies and upgrading people's video experience in their home is a gateway for lots of add-on opportunities. Uh, Jeremy, any final thoughts? I, I agree with that, Tom. And if, if I were a, a, a CE Pro type company or a, a, a a magazine type company, I would look at how direct you can get your message to the consumer and how you facilitate that. You guys have the, uh, you have the reach, you have the ability to, to reach deep. And you look at the messages that a lot of our dealers have, maybe you can help them reach deeper consumers in their marketplace. Absolutely. Frank, final thoughts? Yeah, I would say big disruptions create big opportunities. Um, don't be freaked out by what's going on. View it as a chance to reinvent or refocus on things that will be more popular going forward. The pandemic will change people's behaviors, which creates a lot of opportunity, but it won't last forever. In a few years from now, you'll look back and you'll either say, I, I took advantage of this opportunity and I reinvented things that I came out ahead, or you're going to say, I freaked out, I stuck my head in the sand, and and I could have done something uh, to, to be bigger and better when it was over, because it, it will be over. Uh, it won't be permanent. So that, that's my word of advice. All right, Tom, Frank, and Jeremy, it sounds like a great folk band from the 60s, doesn't it? Thank you so much for joining CE Pro today. Thanks, Thanks Jason. Jason.